the meaning of our democracy. What is democracy for me? Defining the rule of law. You just gotta roll with it. Hello again, and welcome to Rolling with Democracy, the podcast where we talk about democracy, the rule of law, and all that good stuff. My name is Steffi, and I'm still your host. And today we'll introduce a new segment for the podcast called What's Happening In? We'll focus on the current political or legal situation in different places all around the world to get familiar with issues that might not make it into the mainstream media. As last week was once again the annual International Women's Day, we start with a topic that cannot be separated from a woman's body, but usually involves many more groups of people such as lawyers and politicians. And that is the situation regarding abortion laws. For this, we look at the status quo in two different countries, Poland and Argentina. In October 2020, the Polish Constitutional Court issued a controversial ruling further tightening the already restrictive abortion laws, especially compared to other European countries. 12,000 kilometers away, the Argentine Senate has legalized abortions up to the 14th week of pregnancy in a historic decision last year in December. A groundbreaking move for a region that has some of the world's most restrictive termination laws and a memorable success for Argentine activists who have campaigned for a change in the law for years. To learn more about how both countries got to where they are today and what might be similar or different for Polish and Argentine women, I invited Pamela Martin Garcia, political scientist and member of the Lobbying and Drafting Commission of the National Campaign for the Right to Safe and Free Legal Abortion, as well as Alexandra Kustra-Rogatka, Associate Professor at Nikolaus Copernicus University in Turun, Poland, who has done research on the abortion judgment of the Polish Con Constitutional Tribunal. So thank you very much, Pamela and Alexandra, for taking the time and joining us today. First of all, we'd like to get to know you a little bit better, of course. So could you just briefly introduce yourself, in particular with regard to how you are or have been involved with abortion laws in your country? My name is Alexandra Kustra-Rogatka and I'm a constitutional lawyer and academic who specializes in constitutional theory, judicial review and democratic backsliding in Europe. For me, the recent abortion judgment of the Polish Constitutional Court is a textbook example of uh, how right-wing populist governments take over counter-majoritarian bodies such uh, as constitutional courts and use them instrumentally to carry out their political and ideological agenda. It also proves uh, how deep the crisis of the rule of law and how blurred the border between law and politics in Poland have become. Mm -hmm. Great to have you on board today. And Pamela, could you also introduce yourself? Please? Yes, thanks. <laughs> First of all, thanks for the invitation and nice to meet you, Steffi and Alexandra. <laughs> I am a feminist activist. I have been working on abortion for more than 10 years, first in my political party and then in the feminist movement and particularly I have been fighting for this right in the national campaign for legal, free and safe abortion in advocacy commission. Mm -hmm. In addition, I have been working on international advocacy for sexual and reproductive health and rights in intergovernmental events 
in UN. Wow. Okay. So I'm clearly talking to two experts today. Um, which is very exciting for me because I'm not very firm with this subject. Um, so yeah, let's dive right into the current situation in Argentina and Poland regarding abortion laws. When I was researching the topic for this episode, I quickly realized that you cannot help but read about the historic decision of Argentina's Congress in December last year. Pamela, could you describe for us maybe the journey it took to get to this legislation of abortion in Argentina, particularly what exactly were the biggest challenges and which role did Argentine activists play in the process? Yes. Well, the road to the right to safe and free and legal abortion has decades of activism and work. One mm -hmm. could identify the democratic opening after the military dictatorship Uh, a turning point in 1983. However, in the 60s and 70s, there were a number of mobilization around this matter, with women that returning from exile, women from civil society, political parties, who had been participated in international conferences, as well as the national women's meetings. Mm -hmm. And in the late 80s and early 90s, a group of women were pioneers in collecting signatures for the decriminalization of abortion in the corner of the National Congress. Mm -hmm. They went later on to establish the Commission for the Right to Abortion. And then in 1991, mm -hmm. National Congress called Florentina Gómez Miranda, was the first to present a bill on the criminalization of abortion in cases of rape. Mm -hmm. And later, at the 2005, the National Campaign for the Right to Safe and Free and Legal Abortion was formed, which mm -hmm. has been articulated by more than 700 organizations from wow. all over the country, for the past 15 years. Mm -hmm. And let me say to you that the national campaign is transversal, diverse, federal, intercultural, and intergenerational. Mm -hmm. And we had presented eight times the bill on voluntary interruption of pregnancy. In 2018, the voluntary interruption pregnancy bill was debated for the first time in the National Congress. And it was possible because executive branch support the debate. Mm -hmm. And with year of a struggle, feminist struggle, feminist mobilization, advocacy, communication strategy, and social media. However, the bill was rejected in the Senate. But finally, we got the bill last December. Were you surprised that this legislation got passed? The bill passed last December and mm -hmm. we are very happy. And nowadays we, we continue fight because we need to implement the bill in all the countries. So do you think there's still room for improvement or what's your opinion on the bill? The bill from the executive branch was similar to our bill. We hope that Uh, it will be uh, implemented uh, quickly. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, this is uh, a huge success. I've I've read a lot of articles about the whole movement, and I've also seen pictures on on the news. So, congratulations for for this victory. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> it is a, a very it was a very hard struggle. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And then twelve thousand kilometers away in Poland, Alexandra, you as a legal expert, you specialize in constitutional law. Can you give us an overview of the current situation of abortion laws in Poland? And do you also see maybe any similarities or crucial differences to the situation in Argentina? Thank you very much for this uh, question. Well, I would start with a preliminary remark that uh, the current situation, legal situation in Poland is quite opposite in Argentina. Yet, I think the feminist movements play a very important role. Perhaps we will see some political and uh, legal changes within next years. Uh, we'll see. I-, I said that the legal situation in Poland is opposite to the Argentinian one. Why? Because uh, the law providing for the illegality of uh, abortion Mm-hmm. has been enforced in Poland since 1993. This law limited access to abortion to three cases. First one is when the pregnancy threatens the life or health of the pregnant woman. The second is when medical indications uh, suggest a high probability of severe fetal harm or an incurable uh, life-threatening uh, disease. This is so-called embryopathological exception, and this one is Uh, already say not valid. The third one is when there is a reasonable suspicion that the pregnancy resulted from a criminal offense. In 1996, there was an attempt uh, to liberalize this law. The new act introduced the possibility of um, uh, terminating pregnancy also when the woman was in a difficult living conditions or in a difficult personal situ- situation. Nevertheless, in 1997, the Constitutional Court ruled that this possibility was incompatible with uh, the constitutional provisions which were enforced in Poland at that time. There have been also many attempts made to tighten, to further tighten abortion law. However, none of them succeeded and until the recent uh, Constitutional Court uh, ruling. The judgment, uh, the recent judgment of the Constitutional Court of uh, 22nd October 2020 declared that one of uh, those three exceptions, uh, this embryopathological one, was unconstitutional. Consequently, abortion will continue to be permitted uh, in only two cases, a threat to a woman's life or health, and in the case of rape. A woman whose pregnancy has been terminated is not punished. It is the doctor. Poland's abortion law is currently one of the most restrictive in in Europe. The recent abortion judgment of the Constitutional Court caused largest uh, mass protest in Poland since the political transition in 1989. Despite the ongoing uh, COVID-19 pandemic, hundreds of thousands of uh, people have been protesting against this ruling. The rage of citizens caused consternation among politicians. So, like you said, completely different to the new legal situation in Argentina. I understand um, the linkage to, you know, a sexual act of violence or rape, but I also always ask myself, how will they prove that this was a rape? You know, I mean, it's always very um, complicated, I think, to 
to even prove a sexual act of violence or rape. And then in case of a pregnancy, it also like time is also a very important issue, of course, right? So sometimes you don't have weeks to decide if this was really a rape or not. So like you said, a very conservative view. Can you think of any reasons? I mean, of course, political reasons, but do you also see maybe religious implications that play a role in the current situation? Or how would you judge the status quo in Poland right now? We have a right-wing populist party in government, but you should also think about the Catholic Church in Poland. The Catholic Church plays an important political role in Poland. In Argentina, Pamela, there's also a strong influence of the church, right? Of the Catholic church. Um, so I was also wondering which role did the, the church play in the whole development and movement in Argentina? Catholic church and evangelists, both, were mm -hmm. uh, powerful during the debate and in the last five years. And nowadays they are strong and we can see different reactions in the region. They have power and money and mm -hmm. different connections, and they are uh, participating in political parties too. Therefore, in, 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 in the democracy, in the politics, it is dangerous. But we got the bill, so mm -hmm. the, the, the balance is positive. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, and would you say that it's more important to have strong activists or a strong civil society and to have protests going on? Or would you say that it's more important to have politicians that raise awareness about this issue? What's your opinion on that? We had an uh, enormous demonstration in the street mm -hmm. in 2018, lost two million people in the street and it was one of the most important advocacy strategy for us in 2020 in, with pandemia the demonstrations were very important too despite the on the situation and talking about the the reaction of anti-choice uh, groups of fundamentalists on the one hand after we have the law in argentina we saw diverse actions For example, mm -hmm. in Honduras, Honduras in Central America, anti-choice groups are strong and they push for never achieve the right of abortion in that country. For example, it was a, a terrible, bad, bad reaction. But on the other hand, we can see advances in mm -hmm. Mexico, for example, in Colombia, in Chile. Abortion is on the public agenda. Mm -hmm. and, and it is very important. The fundamentalist group are alive mm -hmm. and they have very much power, but we are powerful too. Mm -hmm. We have a, a national law on gender identity. We, we are inclusive. We are thinking all women and girls in all their diversity, trans persons, trans people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very important. And it is a progressive point, a progressive paragraph, no? Yeah, yeah, very, very progressive. So my next question is for both of you. Do you see a general trend towards an improvement or maybe a deterioration regarding abortion rights worldwide? Or do you think these are just examples of individual countries? 
I think that we live in times of a multi-level culture war and ideological differences in contemporary societies are deepening. In my opinion, uh, populist politicians, uh, populist governments are taking advantage of this. Nevertheless, I believe that over the last decade, there have been a noticeable trend of uh, liberalizing abortion laws in various countries. We can see different situations in different regions, of course, but I think that the green waves are in all the world, no? Mm -hmm. and, and, and we are strong to push our rights. Uh, the demonstrations from Poland are fabulous, mm -hmm. and in other countries such as Mexico. I know that the situation is difficult, but I, I, I have hope mm -hmm. on this right. And can you also tell our listeners why you chose the color green for the movement in Argentina? Yes, well, <laughs> it is a funny story. It was in 2005 well, when the, the, the campaign was formed among some people, mm -hmm. uh, some activists. And okay, yellow, no, because yellow <laughs> is identified with Pope. Okay, yellow, no. Uh, red, uh, no, no, because it's identified with the, the, the communists and other political parties. Okay, okay. Blue mm -hmm. is more nationalist in my country, the color blue. And, mm -hmm. and anti-choice group use blue. And um, finally, they decide, okay, green, why not? Oh, but uh, green is identified with... Um, ambientalist and ecologist, but mm -hmm. they are good person. Okay, green <laughs> <laughs> and green uh, has identified with hope, and it is a scarf mm -hmm. uh, such as that uh, mothers and grandmother from Plaza de Mayo uh, mm -hmm. use in their head. They are. Uh, a powerful women that looked for their sons during dictatorial government. This is the story of our green scarf. All right. So my second but last question, because this is a, po a podcast about democracy and the rule of law. How would you personally link the topic of abortion rights to democracy or the rule of law in your country? I think that in Poland, this link is very visible. Why? Because, uh, first of all, with regard to democracy, I would say that politicians weren't brave uh, enough to issue a new law which would be more restrictive uh, with regard to abortion. So uh, they decided to use, instrumentally use, constitutional court. In my opinion, it was the a green light for the constitutional court um, to issue um, uh, such a ruling this time. And this green mm -hmm. light was uh, from the ruling uh, coalition or ruling uh, uh, party uh, lower justice. And this shows that uh, the constitutional court is uh, no longer a counter-majoritarian uh, body in uh, Poland. It is now instrumentally used uh, or, let's say, abused uh, by politicians, which means that it ex post legitimizes various political decisions, very controversial decisions. So this all shows that uh, there is a very, very vivid link between democracy, rule of law and version laws in Poland. 
in my opinion, abortion rights are totally linked to democracy. Yes. Because we have we have been repeated that the right to abortion is a debt of democracy because mm-hmm. we are talking on freedom, equality, and sexual and reproductive and social justice. What are your hopes for the future in terms of abortion laws? Uh, my hope is we could get implement the law across the country because because Argentina is big, diverse, and is a federal country. Yeah. Nowadays, we are fighting to guarantee the legal, free and safe abortion to all women, girls and people with gestational capacity, mm-hmm. as well as to get the right abortion with kind and feminist attention in all regions of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like think uh, on minimum standards, mm-hmm. women are half of the population. Mm-hmm. We are full citizens, not second citizens. And I know we need a beginning, but we deserve the best standards in human rights, too. And Alexandra, can you say in one sentence, um, what are your hopes for the future? Uh, in Poland, um, yes. I think that uh, um, uh, we see the rage of women and there are such a strong uh, feminist movements and women movements uh, in Poland that there is really a hope that the situation in Poland will be different uh, in a few years. I, I really hope so. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Pamela and Alexandra, for this thought-provoking and, and informative conversation. And thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Nice to meet Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Steffi. It's uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> thank you. And thank you, dear listener, for your support. I'm always happy for feedback and comments and stay tuned for the next episode of Rolling with Democracy. Coming soon. <laughs>